everybody. Welcome to the Indie Film Review. I'm Jared. Dan's here too. What's up, my boy? Hi, Dan. I'm Dan. What's up, my boy? Uh, we review independent films here, Dan. That's what we do. That That's is what we do. We reviewed two this, or we are reviewing two this week. We're reviewing a yeah. shorty and a longie. Yeah, one short, one long. Sometimes, you know, you're just in. Sometimes you're like, you know what, all shorts. Sometimes you're like, all longs. But sometimes, in-betweens, you do a short long. And that's what we're doing today. Uh, we have been getting a lot of Patreonos. And we've been PayPal-ios. getting a lot of donatios. PayPal. So a lot of donations. It's crazy. Yes. Like shit's blown up. I'm very happy. I'm, I feel hashtag blessed. Uh, thank you for everyone, all of our new listeners. We've been getting a lot of new listeners too. And uh, thank you to everyone who's been submitting. It's It's been really amazing. I'm super stoked. Uh, and hopefully we just keep this fucking train uh, chugging, Dan, you know? Chugga, train, uh, chugga. <laughs> I think I so, can. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's funny because I just watched Bullet Train and there's a oh, lot of that good? Thomas the uh, Train or Tank Engine puns bum, in bum, that. Bum, you know, it's... okay, Jared's mini review, it's, it's a fun film. It's stupid and fun. It kind of falls apart in the last 20 minutes, but mm. it doesn't really matter. It's just like, whatever, who cares? Because it, I was having so much fun up into that point. Um, mm. It's it's another issue of like trim the fat, you know, it's like the trim the two fat. hours long. Why is it two hours long? But uh, yeah, so that's my minute review on that. Anyways, we're here to review. Luca sent us a film, In the Valley of the Moon. Luca Pizzolio. And uh, we apologize if we said your last so name wrong. So thank you for idiots. the PayPal. He's our new PayPal. Um, yeah, 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 you rule. Yes. Uh, and then, what's the other film, Dan? The other film was submitted to us by um, Chase Crawford. It is called River Road. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Chase Crawford's like a cool action hero name, you know what I mean? Like, I'm Chase Crawford. I'm here to I used to intern daughter. with a guy named, like, Jeff or Jack Crawford. He was Jack, Jack Crawford is the elevation of Chase Crawford. <laughs> Holy shit, that guy... That guy has lost his memory and knows how to do kung fu, and he is, he's there to save all three of his daughters. <laughs> anyway. And his lost dog. So, oh, Chase, Chase and Luca, thank you very much. We are going to um, do your films justice here, starting now yeah. with Luca the in the Valley is of now the in Moon. Session. In the Valley of the Moon is a 70s... He he calls it a seventies crime thriller. I guess I would call it that. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. um, it's it's a gang, it's a mobster type movie set yeah. in the seventies of California. And mm-hmm. um, first of all, it's about a guy who um, he a hit. He 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 has just come off of a hit, and then the mob boss mm-hmm. is like, "I want you to do another hit." And then he's yeah. like, "But that hit got me tired." I don't want to do another hit yet. And he's like, you want to do this hit? And he shows him a picture. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I want to do this hit. So basically, that's what the film is. You got to whack this guy. I already whacked that guy. You got to whack off this guy one more time. You got to go over there and whack him off. So um, it's just, it's it's the new hit, basically. And there's a yeah. personal vendetta in this hit. And that's that's where mm. I'll leave it. Would you say this is the greatest hit? Yes. <laughs> It's the greatest hit. <laughs> For Tom, the main character. So Tom is like this young up-and-coming dude. Hey, he's a Tommy. Guy. Yeah, hey, Tommy, get shit done. He's, a, he really was, like he, he's an Irishman. He he's an Irishman. Yeah, yeah. Not working, the Irishman. He's working for the Italian man. 
And exactly. He's partnered up with the 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 guy from California. Yeah, I mean, he eats spaghetti with the boss. That's yes. what he does. He's a good boy. So He's a good guy. his boss is named Frankie, and his yep. partner's named Samson. Jared, let's talk some questions. Okay, so before we talk about the film, uh, if you'd like to check out the trailer for it, it's it's on Luca P I Z Z O L E O. L-U-C-A is the first name, Luca. So, uh, ch- uh, or Google In the Valley of the Moon official trailer. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not too sure if it's out yet. But, no. you know, keep it on your, keep it on your radar. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Dan, question. Go ahead. This film is about 30 minutes long. Would you have liked to see it be a full feature? Uh, yes. Because I feel like they, tr- they cram a lot into this. Even though it's 30 minutes, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on in this that they cram in that I think would have lent itself to a full feature, right? Yeah. Given more breathing room. How do you feel about that? I completely agree. I think there's a lot of really cool plot devices that are in this. Um, plot devices. Plot devices. I thought, I thought that the, the writing is good and I want to know more about the characters. And the only really big way you can do that is to um, develop the characters through flashbacks or um, more dialogue, things like that. There's not too much dialogue. Like whenever the dialogue happens, it's awesome. Yeah. But like there's fun gimmicky things that I feel like would work better in a, feature film where you can waste more mm-hmm. time you know what i mean like the 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 aspect that he steals his partner's car it's like that's funny but i feel like that could have been a better plot point if we had more time to work you know what i mean yeah okay dan my question to you is um did you have any any editing issues any uh any notable like camera fun that that you enjoyed during this movie that you'd want to highlight um there were a couple, like, um, oh, what was the, like, there was some cool sweeping shots of him in the car, I think. Yeah, I, so I have a few. One is they're doing, they do a lot of fade transitions where, like, one scene kind mm-hmm. of, like, uh, disintegrates in the yeah. other. I thought that was really fun. Uh, it's called a dissolve or oh, a I'm lap. sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> Masters. Wow. Using your big words like dissolve. I didn't learn that. <laughs> Uh, yes, a dissolve. I, I know I'm over here like trying to describe. <laughs> so dumb. You know when the film does this? Yeah, you know when the film eats. You know when the scene eats the other scene and then it goes away. <laughs> Idiot, moron. Uh, that's why I'm here. You know. Another thing is they do a lot of really interesting walking shots when they're in the mm, house because yes. they the house yes. is such a great set piece. Mark Green is his name in the, yes. the film, the character. He's selling this house and it's like this cool looking fucking house. And uh just him like setting up the house, moving the the partitioned wall and then when they when Tom is finally there, like how the camera follows the two. I just thought yeah. it was like very seamless. It looks like everything's very slick in this movie. The editing's really good. I don't know if I had any real issue with any of that. Did you? I no, I didn't. I think it was really um smoothly put together. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. The the it's a combination between editing, camera work, um just the beats of all the actors. Uh-huh. Like um I think that's my favorite aspect of the film. Um if we start getting into it properly, is just like the dialogue and the tension between Mark and Tommy. Yes. It's, I mean that's the whole so fucking good. film. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I cannot think of anything 
structurally wrong with this film. And I would even go above and beyond and say that it's slick. Like, this movie looks fucking good. It is slick. Good. The, the only colors thing, like, okay. in this movie are so bright colors, and interesting. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so... And, I, well, and because it's, like, it's it's set in the 70s, so yeah, they're all wearing, like, these really very, fucking awesome 70s Very loud, garbs. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing that I can say that I... I I'm not gonna say I didn't like it, I just didn't understand it. Okay. Other than the fact that, well, it's the end of the movie, so... Okay, we'll so we're gonna spoil this movie right now. Um, yeah. uh, and just because the nature of the short, I mean, we're, we gotta get into it. Uh, so yeah, all right. Spoilers so coming. We'll come back to like the meat of this. Yeah. But the end of the movie is where I have my hang up because mm-hmm. basically at the beginning of the movie, Tommy steals his friend's car, his partner's car. Yeah. And the partner's like, "No, you can't have my car." Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Well, I'm going to trick you into stealing it." So he does. And um, at the end of the movie, the partner comes and saves the day, quote, and shoots Tommy. Yeah, for stealing his car, right? Is that is that the reason why he shoots? I would think so, yes, because he's fucking. Pissed <laughs> so I guess then I, that makes sense. But I'm like, he only shot him for stealing it. Like I don't know, it's weird. It okay. So there's a few issues with the car subplot that I, I'm just like I don't get it. First of all, so in the intro when you have Tom and Sam and they're arguing over like, hey, you know, the boss said I need to take the car. I need to do this job alone. He's like, no, that's not true. Blah blah blah. They're fighting, and he's like, hey, why don't you go to the payphone and call the boss himself to verify, and yeah, that I'm not bullshitting you. Why would he leave his keys in the car? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the 70s, that man. That doesn't make any sense when it is clear, it is clear that he's to trying this to... <laughs> character that this guy is trying to take his car from him. And he's like, I'm going to uh, leave my keys. And that's really silly. That's really silly. Um, I think a few things that I think could have remedied this is one, we need to have uh, his partner really emphasize his love for this car. Like I would have mm. liked to have had a monologue about him being like, this car is everything yeah. to me. You cannot yeah. touch this car. Make it like sentimental value, something to be like, you know, give just like a great speech about like, basically, fuck you. You're never going to drive this car. This is my car. So there's that. And then there's the thing at the end where he comes and kills him, right? And it's like, that seems like such an overreaction to exactly. him taking the car. Um, it felt unwarranted because like, okay, if I was hired to protect Tom, because that's basically what this guy's job is as, as his partner. Because the mob boss loves Tom. Like, he basically thinks of this kid as, like, his son. It seems like that's how close it is. You know, like, um, if I was the guy who was supposed to protect Tom and Tom died, I'm probably not coming back to the mob family, right? I mean, your job's over because this guy's going to kill you. So did he just sign his own death warrant? That's what I thought. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand this. You're like, what? Because then the, the movie ends with him just being like, well, he's not around anymore. And he hangs up and that's the end. He like gets in his car and I'm like, they should have made him more of a big deal about like how special this car is. I think and that would have helped yeah. uh, in that regard. I think another fun thing is instead of him just like leaving the keys in the car like a dingus, um, have them fight each other. Mm. Like have him try to trick him. Because the other thing would be hot wiring, which I don't think he probably... He, maybe he could have done that. I don't know if he would have had Hot wiring time. wasn't invented until the 80s. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, 
So yeah, like half these two men just fight each other. Oh. <laughs> you know, ice cream sundaes weren't invented until 2005. You know that? <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would have been cool. It could have like broken up some of the pacing of the film. Like have like a, this, like not even like a long fight. Just like have these two guys like duke it out a bit. You know him. He knocks. Out I mean, the that guy. can honestly that could have been that. That's expanding that scene could have made it a feature film. Like yeah. have the main conflicts be about Tom and Mark and Tom and this car with Samson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you could have. Oh, so if we're talking like feature, if we're gonna expand this, like we're like we're guys, we're in the shop. Okay, you see the sign? <laughs> it says "Men at Work." Okay, that's what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> so here, here's my vision for it. The first job that's mentioned, but not shown, that is the intro. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's the intro. That's the big action scene to get you into the film. Then we get a little bit into Tom's life. Maybe, maybe we have a love interest. I don't know. We kind of like start getting into that. Then we start getting into his partner. Uh, we, we expand his role a bit more. Um, uh, he has a little bit of decompression time. Maybe there's some hinting at, this person who wronged his father, that's why he wants to go kill the uh, uh, the home, the guy who's showing the home. See, I can't think of any of the Mark words. Mark Green, yes. Mark Green. <laughs> that's why he wants to kill this Mark Green guy, because I guess he got his dad thrown in jail or something. He's a we snitch. We could expand it on that more. Yeah, he's a snitch! But, okay, so... Um, but yeah, anyways. So let's talk about the, the dialogue here. Like the dialogue yeah, sure. in the scene with Mark and Tom, it's, I think it's so well paced. It is beautiful because it starts off, you know that Tom is there to kill Mark. So yeah. you already know that as an audience member. And you can start to see Mark slowly picking up on Tom's weird questions. And you're like, ooh, like I like this kind <laughs> yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. Um, non-verbal communication between the actors and it's just it's so well thought out and like yeah. the the leading questions from tom i don't i think the dialogue is just written very well yeah the dialogue is really fun i he fucks with him for like way too long i think though i don't know i like he's it. like he's like give me a glass of water he's like yeah sure thing he's like drinks it give me another glass of water <laughs> <laughs> and then the Another guy comes in to see the house. That was cool. I would have liked a little more play around that. Um, it, what ends up happening is that guy just gets shot on accident, which is like, oh, come on, Tom. You can't look before you shoot. What are we doing here, buddy? Um, but I do like... What kind of whacker a, are you? Yeah, I know, right? You're whacking off the wrong guy. You got to whack off this guy. You can't whack <laughs> off that guy. Uh, and I like because... The dude who came to visit, he he grabs one of the cookies and he's eating it. And when he gets shot, the cookie's on the floor. And then Tom comes up and kicks the cookie away like it's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was for comedic effect or not, but I, I thought that was really adorable. An- another scene I liked is uh, um, when when Tom gets out of the car, the really nice car, and it, it does like the shoe, the very low shoe shot. Mm, yeah. And it kind of, the camera kind of rises up to his face. There's a lot of slick shit like that. Ooh, I loved it. I loved it. It was really nice. Um, okay. So, uh, Dan, was there anything else you want to talk about before we move on to the next film? Um, I want to praise the, um, surprise I get because, you know, you, you sit there and you're looking at Mark and he has done himself up to look so unassuming. 
Just yeah, an unassuming like an realtor. And then all mm. of a sudden, he pulls out a fucking pistol and shoots Tom. And you're like, whoa! And yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. like a dead eye too. It's like, bam! <laughs> it was crazy. And then they have like yeah. a kind of a cat and mouse game going a little on. back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he fakes him out. That was pretty cool. He leaves his jacket. And he but I was just, out. I was so surprised that like, Mark is, you know... Because at, at at one point in the film, I'm like, is he really who he says he is? And he's like, yeah, he is this scar. That would be interesting if they played it up to where like he wasn't sure if this was the guy yeah. and he's trying to figure it out. Yeah. That would have been interesting, too. Um, one other thing is, did they ever establish that Tom had another gun? Mm. I think because if not, they should have done that. Uh, because him, him doing that trick where he like leaves his coat and drops his gun and then, uh, the guy comes around the corner and he's not there and then he like pulls out a gun from behind him. Like that was cool, but I feel like it would have had more of an impact of like, oh yeah, that second gun. Oh yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that was really addressed. Um, but so we're like really nitpicking this film cause there's not much wrong with it, but you know, I, I feel like. This is kind of what we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wanted it, because a, a lot of the times we'll get films and like, this is just a great film. I'm like, well, all right, we got to think of something to say. <laughs> no, I mean, this film, I, I want to watch this film it. film is really like, good. I'm probably going to watch it again. Like, it's... I want to see more of Luca's films for sure. Luca, please submit more films to us. Yes. Uh, this is a fucking slick movie. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, thank you, Luca, once more. Now we are moving yeah. on to Chase Crawford territory. Chase. Crawford, I've got to save my daughter. River Road. Sorry, Dan, I didn't mean to talk over you. I apologize. <laughs> I get excited sometimes. River Road. Um, all right, so River Road is about a rock star who um, comes off of tour and he is going to sober up and chillax for a year at his aunt's cabin in Canada. And yep. he meets a girl. Oh, yeah. And his bandmates is a story of a girl. His bandmates come back and they're like, "Yeah, let's party again." He's like, "Ah, sure, why not?" So he forgets about sobering up, and he invites this girl. <laughs> and this girl, yeah, know, right? she's like, they're they're doing fucking cocaine and they're drinking alcohol. And this Ooh, girl comes yep. in and she's mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, I'll totally do cocaine with you." And then she's like, "I cocaine. got I got some good stuff." And then she leads yeah. him into the bathroom, mm -hmm. and um, well, there's more that happens, but she leads him to the bathroom. And they do the good stuff, and it turns out that she accidentally switched or accidentally grabbed the wrong bag. And it's not cocaine; yeah. it's heroin. So cocaine plus, <laughs> cocaine, plus. <laughs> cocaine premium. So she and he uh, have the trip of their lives, mm. and because oh, it's that heroin, scene is amazing. Yes. By the way, in the tub, yeah. Oh my god, Be it's so because good. it's heroin, they their lives spiral out of control from there. And it's about yeah. like these these two people who are addicts that are just not good for each other, just spiraling and spiraling mm -hmm. and like just orbiting each other as well. Yeah. So holy shit, what a fucking rabbit hole this film goes down. I mean, when was the last like watching people descend into like a drug madness that you saw, oh, Dan? I guess I'm... that's my question to you. Excuse me, I don't even Basketball remember. Basketball Diaries, I guess, for me, with Leonardo Maybe. DiCaprio. Um, <laughs> fucking Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, that <laughs> like, was a really fucked up one, yeah. 
but yeah, it's so you know it was it was uh, interesting. They to, have to, become like, their own this. genre <laughs> like, for sure. <laughs> drug spiral. This one was less like fantastical and more like this is fucking sad. <laughs> like, yeah. This is really depressing. They don't want to glamorize it really that much. There is a few where it's talking about the first times they do it. And the euphoria that yeah. they feel. But then after that, it's like you're just kind of chasing it. Here's the question, Jared. Sure, sure. Um, how did you like all the twists and turns? Because there are mm. plenty, a plenty, a plenty mm. in this film. I think some of them worked and some of them did not. Specifically, there are a series of what I like to call what the fuck moments at the very end of this film that we will get into. Mm-hmm. That... I, it's like the film became a different film. I liked those. I think I know what Did you're talking you? about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's great. That's great. For me, it was like too much. It was too much. So yeah, that's well, my I think to that's that. what I think what happened was it got me away from being sad and that got me true. into being scared. Like, oh that's my god, true. I hope he doesn't die. How, how did you feel about the narrative device of having Travis talking to his sponsor? So it's like we kind of know he's okay. We know he doesn't die or anything at the end. And he is he is telling his sponsor the story. And then we have Zoe or Zoe. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm saying I think it's Zoe. She's telling her psychiatrist, I believe, mm-hmm. about like some of the story as well. So I'm kind of have like this back and forth of them, like explaining their sides of the story. How did you feel about that type of uh, I enjoyed it as a narrative structured device. narrative. I, okay. I did. Um, it was a narration that made sense. Like, yes. if if. If it's just voiceover narration and it doesn't necessarily aid the plot in any way, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I wouldn't say that this narration aided the plot, but I would say that this narration was um, an interesting addition mm. because we don't really it's it's like a transitional piece i think most of the time mm-hmm. it's like oh that's when we did something really stupid and then we cut <laughs> to let's do something stupid. <laughs> Yeah. So what if Tom was just speaking to us as the audience and we just had voiceover? So voiceover instead of him speaking to a sponsor. So then it's like we're unsure of his fate. We don't know what's going to happen at the end of the film. Mm. It becomes a little more personal because he's trying to like directly involve us. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Is it dumb? Does it not be? Is not needed? Well, indifference. I'm indifferent. I think it would have worked either okay. way. All right. How did you like the cinematography? The skinematography. So, I thought the location shots. I thought a lot of the uh, the camera work was good. Um, I think the movie has some editing issues with whenever they have two people talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not like they honestly, it's not like they did anything wrong. So it would be like there's two people talking, and they'll 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 have like good you know. Uh, connectors you know uh, either voice or video connectors between two characters jumping back and forth talking to each other but sometimes it would cut to someone and they would say one word and then it would cut back to the other person and i feel like the cuts were so frequent sometimes between those two that it was distracting to me to where i couldn't focus on the dialogue i could only just focus on how quickly it was cutting back and forth Mm -hmm. so i guess that would be an editing issue right yeah do you remember the scene where Travis is talking to Zoe at that dock where they first meet mm-hmm. and there's like kind of a back and forth between them? If they just did like a wide shot of both of them mm, and like then maybe, 
Yes, yeah. and held on that held on that for much longer, and then maybe cut to close ups of them sometimes when they're saying like a longer part of dialogue. I think that would have been um, would have given that scene a little more breathing room for me. Did you notice anything like that? So my big thing was the cinematography is great. Um, yeah, it's, it's competent. It tries to be interesting. Uh, especially that one bathtub scene that you're talking about. There's, Dan, is it trying to be interesting or is it interesting? It is interesting, except <laughs> except for one scene where... Okay, okay, okay. To me, it, like, and again, this is just super nitpicky, but yeah. I felt I felt it was a huge missed opportunity because as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, this, this looks awesome. Yeah. So the scene where they are strung out on that night bridge and the night bridge has lights all over it. Yeah. That yeah. that setting alone was awesome and there it seemed like there was some good cam work at the beginning but then the editing kind of took us away from the bridge and we saw like the wide angle of the bridge and we saw a different wide angle of the bridge and I guess like it may have been I don't know, trying to, to emulate the, the high, but like we could have done so many cool things with those lights. Like, I, I don't know. Like they introduced B roll during like a scene where you're like, Hey, we don't need this. We don't need this like establishing shot of the bridge. Yeah. Like Is let's, let's play saying? with the lights because there's, there's, they're high. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was like a cool scene, but it, it, I don't think it really bothered me. Uh, the way you're describing. But well, I, I here's the point. deal. Like, it, it's, not, it's not that it bothered me. It's just like, I No, Dan, I it offended it, you, and you're upset, it, and, and I'm I, like, visibly upset. The fact that you saying it doesn't bother you, it just, it kind of like came and went. What if it didn't yeah. come and go? What if it was just yeah, like, yeah. an amazing, masterful shot? Like, I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, look at this. But it does, but the tub they scene. They do have scenes in the, yeah, yeah the, tub the tub scene, scene is fucking the, amazing. Um, the, the shot of them playing on the stage is a wonderful shot. Like, yeah, that's the, really the bands cool. Are, uh, the band shots are amazing. Um, the, the scene where they mainline the heroine oh, and they both yeah. fall down and the candles yes. are there. And, and the, like, this is like the, the so elaborately set up. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah, yeah. It looks so, so good. <laughs> not saying that cinematography was terrible. I'm just nitpicking that one scene. Everything else was just, ah, oh, it's so good. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so we're going to spoil this film now. So if you'd like to check out this film, it is on Google Play and is also on Apple Plus. Apple Plus. Uh, for rent. I'm sure it's at other places too. I think it's also on YouTube. But yeah, go check it out. It's only like, you pay like four bucks, you know? Bang. Bing, bang, bong. You pay the four bucks. You watch a film. So. Uh, you're supporting indie, you know? Why not? We've been talking about the awesome shots of them spiraling out of control and yeah. being high on heroin all the time. So let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the the fallout that happens. So okay. first thing, he tries to rehearse with his band and he can't do it because he's absolutely messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that scene went on, went on for a little too long? or like, Yeah, a little. Because <laughs> he's like, all right, try it again. All right, try it again. All right, try it again. And he can't, he can't get it. And I'm like, how much more of this are we going to do? <laughs> and he also has this friend that like he, at the beginning of the film, he's, he's trying to sober up and work out with him. And yeah. then this friend used to deal drugs. We, we learn. And this friend, yes. like you don't quite understand why he's a plot point until the end of the movie. And then you're like, Oh, so that character's name is Cole. Cole. Yeah. So Cole actually becomes way more important later on in the film. Um, Another thing that I want to critique too is so early on in the film, when Travis is introducing Zoe to people at the party, 
and you meet like every single one of his bandmates and they all have a scene. Those characters like are not important to the story. Yeah. So I just, I don't really get why we had to focus so much on them. You could have maybe had like one bandmate who was like, this is his contact point of contact for the band. Right. So then when, when he goes to the rehearsal, you're like, oh yeah. So like, these are the other guys, whatever. He's, he's like the main character that's connecting with him. I just feel like they had like all these threads go out and they just don't go. So anywhere. what you're saying is the camera was basically a groupie. It's like, hey, this is the drummer now. <laughs> we, and then, because it was even a line at the end where they're like, and yeah, those are the guys that I was on tour with after we had every single scene of showing of them all. Mm. And, I'm, and I'm just like, you don't need to say that. Because like, even though he's saying that to her, he's also saying that to us as the audience. And like, we've already seen that. So it doesn't need to be said again. I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of like these are very nitpicky things. Okay. Honestly. So, but I think in the long run, fixing these type of issues would help the film run smoother. Yes. More streamlined, I guess. But go ahead. Um, more spiraling out of control. Um, spiraling. He starts pawning his shit to go buy heroin from this guy. There's a guy in Canada where they are who is yeah. doing the streets a service by selling heroin that doesn't have fentanyl in it. Oh, what a what an angel. What a what a <laughs> blessed man this guy is. And this guy is honestly my favorite actor in the movie. He is <laughs> terrifying. wonderful. That guy <laughs> is out of control. Oh my god. Oh man, he is so much fun. I love this lunatic. He's like this hillbilly drug dealer lunatic. He's like, I'm having fun, man. This is great. <laughs> oh well, damn. Keep running down the whole film. Just like kind of kind of tell the whole plot of the film quickly. He starts pawning off his guitars, his laptops, and he they get they get scores, they get scores, they get scores, and they get to a point where um they don't have anything to pawn anymore. So uh, Zoe's like, why don't you pawn your friend's TV? Because they're staying, he's, they're staying at his friend's house while he's on tour. He's like, I'm not going to yeah. do that. And then they, he, he can, one of the best scenes of the movie, he goes to his friend's house. Who's also a, a hip hop producer and cash. His name is cash. cash. And in the film, his sub, if, when you see his subtitle, when his name is said, it's C a money sign H. <laughs> I'm not kidding That's you. Awesome. They subtitled it that way. Uh, also, one of the best characters in the film. That guy is fucking hilarious. Yes. Uh, I would like to see an entire film like that. Like that guy could just carry a comedy. Yeah, like, I don't. So funny. I, so he gets a gun from Cash, and I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil how funny this scene is, but he like something yeah, happens good. to get the 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 gun. I'm not going to spoil everything. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Good call. Shit goes down. And they're like, they, they start robbing people and then they're like, okay, we're going to rob straight from the source. So they go and they rob a crazy hillbilly dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's like, woo, you, I love this. I'm enjoying this. And because there's a gun in his face and the Zoe's like not going to shoot him. He's like, you're not going to shoot me. I know you. Yeah. He's like, I'm having fun, baby. Yeah. <laughs> And they steal it, and oh, then they go off, and like so he, he pushes Zoe away, and he confronts. Like for some reason, he stays back, and then that's whenever this confrontation between Cole and ex ex drug dealer Cole and current drug dealer they were they they are at odds, and basically Travis calls Cole, and Cole shows up and defends Travis, and Travis Travis gets away, and Cole and Redneck Dude have it out, and it's oh, it is awesome. 
They have like an epic climactic battle so cool. during this film yes. where I'm like, I did not think there was going to be an epic fight scene. So that's one between twist. These two men, right? Like, let's get out of the sadness and into the the freaking anime fight scene. <laughs> Jojo yeah, behind like the watching Ip Man. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously. But then, Jared, let's talk about the twist because I feel like that's where you kind of depart from the film. What a twist. Um. Okay, so. It turns out that Zoe is a groupie. She lies to Travis and she she first initially tells him, oh, I'm just visiting a friend. I'm in Canada. I'm an American. I'm visiting a friend here. We just happen to run into each other on this dock. She's actually been stalking him for a super long time, infiltrates his life, basically gets him to fall in love with her so they could be together forever. And then it is heavily implied that she actually got him addicted to drugs on purpose, she says to just have him feel the high once because it's like super cool. I don't know. That's her words. Um, it feels very manipulative and weird. Actually, I didn't mind this twist, Dan. Okay. How did you feel? About I it? loved it. Like, it, it felt like it kind of came out of nowhere, but it made sense. And like, okay, so at first I'm yeah. like, this is weird. Why are, we, why are we focusing on this? But the more the twist happened, the more I'm like, this is just an interesting plot that I've just never, I would have never thought about. Like maybe yeah, what yeah, if she yeah. is manipulative? What if she's not manipulative? Like there's so many possibilities here. Like what if she just mm -hmm. wanted to chase that high with him? Yeah. I don't like it though, that it kind of takes away the blame of Travis. Well, Travis feels like, well, I was tricked. I was tricked yeah, into no, he's, these he's, drugs. He's definitely a I piece mean, of work. He made his own decisions, yeah. right? So there's that. Well, angle okay. Of it. I, okay. You so, know, it would have been nice if someone called him out on that. Like his sponsor would have been like, yeah. dude, you fucking did this anyways. Yeah. So. But I did like. She lied to you about that. That's out of your control. Yeah. I, I, okay. So I don't like the fact that he's. It's weird. I have a love-hate relationship with what you just said. I okay. did like the fact that he got angry at her because of it. Yes. Because he's that looking. Was a good scene. He's looking for a place to get angry. But it is ultimately his fault. So he shouldn't be angry at her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can be mad at her all day for being manipulative and lying to him about that stuff. But, I mean, the whole drug thing. Unless he could prove that, like, but she then was... Here's, here's my, my two cents. Like, if okay. I were to put myself in that position, I don't think it would have bothered me that she... I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I'm weird. It just... It wouldn't have bothered me that, like... Because that kind of... I don't know. That lie doesn't seem like... It's, it feels inconsequential to me. It's like... Yeah, because they truly did fall in love. So he could probably be mad and be like... You know, there, another way he could have went is... I'm mad at you, but like, you know, that's not gonna, like, we can still be together. Yeah. But like, this is ridiculous. I, we're going to have some trust issues. I don't know. Yeah. I can kind of see it that way. Uh, so a couple cool things that I liked before we get into uh, my nitpicks about the ending. Uh, I liked when <laughs> Travis, Travis is hanging out with Zoe at the party and, and she like chugs that vodka and she's like, yeah, I'm down to party, blah, blah, blah. And then he says power stance to her. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that, that word good. before. He's no. like, power stance. It made me, I was like, that is really good. I like I that. It. I'm stealing that. Yeah. Uh, that was really fun. Again, the tub scene when they first do the heroin on accident. And they get in this tub. It starts to like snow on them. Yeah. It was so was wild. Cool. And then when they, they, the camera turns to look at what they're looking at, they're not in a room anymore. And it, it's just showing 
like a sunset basically on the entire universe. I don't know how else to describe it. (laughs) It's crazy looking. And I'm like, that was such a cool way to show how they were feeling. You know, uh, I really, really enjoyed that. So a lot of really cool camera stuff that they do in this. Uh, I guess special effects too. I I guess you can chalk that up to special effects. Okay. So uh, my nitpicks back to that. Um, The end. Their plan they're going to go rob the redneck guy, steal all the drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Their plan is we're going to sell the drugs and then like escape. Escape and they have this the like heroine. elaborate yeah, elaborate plan that they have set up, right? Okay, okay, fine, sure. They have a plan. They're going to sell the drugs. They get into a car. First, how do they have a car? Hmm. I don't know how they have a car. Uh so I'm like, okay, I can look past that. They have a car, they have guns. Uh they get the drugs. They drive off. He takes her to a dock, and then she gets into a boat with the drugs. How do they have a boat? They don't. I don't they know how they the have boat. a boat. They Did steal, they the, steal boat. the boat. Yeah. They might um, have stolen the car too. I don't know. Why didn't they just both get into the boat together and leave? I don't understand that. But he yeah, like, that no, was that the was plan. a big com- that was a big confusing part for me. I'm like, why, why, why are you letting her go? Why, why aren't you in the boat? It doesn't make any sense because <laughs> eventually it turns out after everything that transpires. She doesn't meet up at the rendezvous point. And so she sells the drugs to buy a plane ticket and then pay for her rehab. And then, because she says this verbatim, very close to what I just said. Think about how fucked up that is that she sold drugs to go to rehab. Like, what? <laughs> like, that's fucking crazy. First of all, how do you move that? This was like bricks and bricks of heroin. I don't know how a normal human being sells heroin to people without it just getting robbed from you. If you're just a lady, mm. that that whole plot didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, that seems, I guess, unrealistic at 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 best. But okay, I can kind of I can kind of overlook that. Sure, fine. She she found a way. She found a way to sell the drug. Then we cut back to Travis is leading the bad guys, the redneck drug dealers away to an underground highway like uh not underground it it's uh, a highway overhang right so they're underneath the highway uh and it's elevated and there's like a cool scene where he's like chasing him and yelling at him like oh i'm gonna get you i'm gonna get you his buddy cole was waiting there so he had already talked with his friend cole like hey cole we're gonna rob this place we need your help He's like, oh, well, I have a beef with Redneck Guy, so I want to squash the beef or whatever. I don't know why Cole would ever agree. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to, he's like, because Cole's supposed to be clean and sober and out of this game, right? He's supposed yeah. to be health, health and fitness. I don't do this anymore. And then his buddy Cole is like, or his, his buddy Travis is like, hey, not only am I heavily addicted to drugs right now, I'm going to go rob this drug dealer that is very dangerous and that you hate. And I want you to help me kill him. I don't know. Beat him up. Uh, I don't know why he would ever agree to that, to put himself in this much danger for like basically no reason. I I guess to get revenge for his friend. Despite the fact that I agree with you, I heavily enjoyed these scenes. Like, like... I'm not done. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then they had this big fight, which the fight was fucking rad when Cole took his shirt off and he had little tattoos and they had this, their little monologues to each other. That was sick. The fight was fucking sick. Like, I'm not saying I didn't like where it went. I'm okay. just saying getting us there was like, what? I don't get this. I don't get this. Uh, 
Then Travis jumps on a motorcycle? Cole's motorcycle. And drives off? Where the fuck did he get a motorcycle? It was Cole's so he motorcycle. planted a motorcycle. Oh, was it? Yeah. Why would Cole agree for him to take his motor? Like that's why. I just. You're high on heroin. Yeah. Have my bike. <laughs> I don't understand it. Because we're treating we're treating Travis like he's the hero. He's the good guy in the action film, and he isn't. He just is not that. It sounds like he is making up this story. Like I would have liked it if. It turns out none of that happened, and he was just lying to his sponsor. That's what it really felt like to me, is mm. that it was an unreliable narrative. Embellishment. Or narrator. I mean, he was so on drugs. It, it could have been. That shit was just so wild to me. But part of the story uh, was, because, no, part of the story, the, the, the story that you're talking about is from zoe's perspective whenever she's talking to her psychiatrist because she's the one that says that's when we did something really stupid but she wasn't there for any of that she went on a boat she only she was only there for the robbery right she gets yeah. on the boat she's oh, fucking yeah, gone you're right you're right you're right then it would have switched over to travis so it's it's got to be from the perspective of travis yeah. telling the sponsor so yeah i mean or maybe it is from zoe's perspective and she's like and this is what happened in my mind <laughs> yeah 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 so it was outrageous it was crazy. Did I enjoy it? Yes. I did think it was fun. I don't I just don't know if it fit with what the film was doing up until that point. And I don't think it was I don't think it was flushed out 100% as to like these beats and how they connect. Mm-hmm. It was more like, "Hey, I want to do some cool action shit and I want to film it," which I respect. <laughs> yeah, like I was I, I think tonally it does not fit the film. I'm indifferent That's about all I have to I'm say. indifferent about tone. Like I liked okay. it so much that All right. I, I liked the acting so much that I'm like, you know what? I, this needed to be in the film. All right. Okay. It was a nice palate cleanser. I'll give it that. Yes. Because this film was very sad and fucked up. And it's like, oh, we're just going to have Cole, who should have been the main character and should be in his own film. <laughs> like, where is his action movie? Oh, that was rad. Uh, okay. Anyways, that was, that was probably my final thoughts, Dan. What do you think? Yeah, I think close so. This up? Let's close right. it up. Guys, um, thank you once again to Luca and Chase. You guys are rad. Um, keep being cool. Keep making films. Hell yeah. And Hell yeah. keep sending them our way. Um, Hell you yeah. can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. Um, we have a Patreon. We have a PayPal. They'll be in the link description. Um uh, we're already going long, so I'm not going to say it, but you, you know, Patreon, Patreon. Yeah. Patreon. If you say Patreon three times in the mirror, um, I'll show up with my handout <laughs> <laughs> going, give me, give me money. Give me money. Ooh. Uh, but no, seriously, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, it makes me and Dan very happy. Um, you know, all the support that we get, it's super fucking rad. I love watching all these independent films. It's so much fun. Um, and yeah, just uh, keep doing you. Keep creating things, you know? Uh, we're, we're trying to, you know, highlight people's work. I think that's important. It's fun. Give us a review. You know, tell the people about the show if you want. I, we'd appreciate it. And uh, Dan? You got the final word, bud. Well, first of all, you got to check out the necropoticon.com. And then, guys. Oh, yeah. Then, right. guys, you got to go squash that beef. Yeah.
Searching for a D&D podcast that tells a twisted and macabre tale, set in a world under siege by cosmic horrors, one that will make you fear for what lurks in the darkness and question your own grasp on reality? To bear witness to a party struggle against their inner demons as they walk the thin line between hero and villain, while their sanity frays and falls apart at the seams. Keeping good humor and a joke on their lips as all they know and love crumbles away. The chanting of cults, the corruption of mortals, the nightmares of the cosmos and the whispering of dark gods all awaits you in Gunpowder, Treason, No Plots, a 5th edition D&D podcast. Be sure to listen on any of your favorite podcast providers. Part of the Necropodicon Network. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen.